Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 15th, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both of McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 114 where you'll be able to find some links to things we talk about as well as to check out LibertyMugs.com and also how to find us on social media and subscribe to all of our stuff with the podcast and the website. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our episode topic. Thank you, Rallo. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us today or tonight or whenever you're listening. Um, today, we're going to talk about a topic that comes up all the time when you're talking to normies, uh, charity and the social safety net and why we need... I mean, a lot of people argue we need government for that. that you should at least have... Um, your, your, no, not like universal income, not your basis covered, but if you lose a job, you should have unemployment. If you're hurt, you should be able to get disability, social security, uh, retirement. How will we retire without the government? Everyone, everyone hates government until your social security check comes. So, um, we had some thoughts on that and kind of how we think it would work in a free market. Um, because I, I, to, to give you the short end, I, I don't think we'll need as much charity in a free market, and I think Raul agrees with that. And so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that and how we see that working in a free market. So, Raul, uh, what are some thoughts on charity in a free market as opposed to government benefits like food stamps, Social Security, etc.? Yeah, I think a good way to kind of set this up is to say that I think a lot of libertarians kind of have a wrong-headed approach to this answer when someone says oh what are you going to do when you take away all these social safety nets and what do you mean by that uh what do you mean like what do you mean the wrong approach yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I, so when someone says what are you going to do when you uh take away these social safety nets and and people say well charity is going to kick in so oh, people are just going to start giving more money that's that's assuming a lot and they say well people are going to have a lot more money uh, because the government's not going to be there. It's not going to be taxing them. And I don't think it, it's not completely incorrect to say that because it's, it's true. But um, I think you it, taking that approach kind of causes you to skip a few steps. Or yeah, uh, it's, it's also, I think, tough to convince someone because it's like, you know, how many people are really charitable with their money? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think people generally are. If, if there's a problem that, that pops up, I think people are, are pretty willing to, to give yes, some money. Yes, when there's a problem that pops right. up. But what about when someone needs food stamps? Yeah, well, exactly. And that's why saying that it's going to be charity isn't, isn't right. very good. Or not good. It's not, not that it's not good. It's just not convincing. Or I don't think that's the way it's going to play out. Right. That's what, I, that's what I was trying to get at. Is it, I don't know how convincing it is to someone who believes we need government. Like, we can't do it without government. So if you tell them, yeah, we can, they're just going to say, no, we can't. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, and just to get it out of the way, charity in a free society would be much better than, than the government trying sure. to hand out assistance because uh, government just, by its nature, has a lot of inefficiencies. It has, it, it doesn't, have good ways of getting resources to where they really need to go. Uh, just look at the way it does its charity with uh, foreign aid. Uh, mm -hmm. does, does anyone want to hold their breath? 
uh, to say that the far the aid that the U.S. government gives to other countries actually gets to the people and doesn't just go through the government and get uh, doled out to their to their buddies in power. Um, you know, there are some government programs that uh, don't quite function that way. They actually, you know, money gets to the people it's supposed to, but it's through layers and layers of bureaucracy right right and maybe it's not always the the incentive i mean you brought up food stamps i mean look at i think anyone can can come up with uh abuses of the food stamp sure uh system off the top of their head um so it's just there's the, the government creates there's problems with the government in there so uh you know when it's because that's the problem when it's not your money you care less about it. So when the government's just taking it through taxes, uh, they have less of an incentive to make sure it's getting used well than someone who's actually giving their money to something. Uh, and I think that's that's the angle that a lot of people are taking when they say that, oh, well, just charity will be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, without, and I think that's, I don't, I have no idea what percentage, but it's just, I've, maybe the assumptions like that's going to be 50% when those people talk about it, or in reality, the charity may be more like 5% of what we're talking about we need. Right. Just picking random numbers. But right. just get to get the idea that it's, uh, I actually think it's charity is going to be a pretty small portion of, of how we're going to help people that are less fortunate or don't have as much wealth and resources in a free society. So do you have any more, anything else? Or thoughts on that? Um, well, one thing that I mean is just true uh, economically is when you subsidize something, you're going to get more of it. Yeah. Um, not that you know, I, and I know everyone hates that. Like, oh, you think people want to be on food stamps? It's like no, but if you get money every month for food, do you want to give it up? Right. Um, so there's just a lot of abuse in the system um, that would go away without it. And uh, so, yeah, so libertarians just want people to starve. Um, so what would you say to that? Yeah, that we want people to starve? Yeah, like, real. I mean... Yeah, n- it, hit, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes I think, like, I, I don't know when people say that if they're just trying to be, uh, like, I, sarcastic or something. Like, would you, you know, what do you just want them to starve? Or if they actually think we believe that? Uh, I think that they think that we haven't thought it through yeah, well. Yeah, like we haven't thought that far. It's the same thing as who's going to build the roads. Right. It's like, oh, it's a great plan, except we're not going to have any roads. It's the yeah, same thing. Like, oh, yeah, oh, it's it's a great, shit. yeah, it's you know, a great plan. <laughs> it's a great plan that you don't want the government giving food stamps, but uh, with capitalism, you're just going to have people starving because the rich aren't going to uh, share their stuff with people. Yeah. So how about that? I mean, one, we wouldn't have, let's, we're assuming this is a free society. So I do think in a free society, community would be a lot stronger because mm-hmm. um, we'd rely on each other more. Um, like we, we'd have to. Uh, and there'd be a lot more helping out each other within the community. But there's also going to be more opportunities to make money in that there's no zoning and licensing laws. So if you can cut hair, you could, you could charge money to do that for people without having to go to school and buy a license and whatever else. Uh, there'd be all kinds of business opportunities, things you could sell um, 
to help each other get by that you can't do today because of these rules, these licenses, which obviously keep keep competition out, which is why businesses are always arguing for good regulations. Certainly. And I think that a good, uh, good thing to look at is, is just to reflect on the fact that it is, without question, capitalism has brought uh, more people out of wealth or out of wealth, oops. Out of poverty. Yeah, yeah, out of poverty than anything else in the history of the world. Uh, if you look at these industrial revolutions that have happened over the last 200 years or so, uh, free exchange of good and services, goods and services, uh, that world poverty rates are dropping. Declining. Yeah, like dramatically. Uh, look at the United States that has, for the most part, in its history, fairly fairly free markets compared to the rest of the world a little bit. I mean, we, we have uh, terrible government policies that have gotten worse, but uh, the basic framework there is a market economy. Um, not so much anymore, but but you, you see how the wealth got built up. Wealth got built up through the market. Uh, it was not the government that was, uh, that was bringing about this wealth. So if you look at the U.S. and look at the poor people in the U.S. and not saying that they're like, I don't certainly don't envy anyone who's considered poor in the U.S. Um, but someone who's poor in the U.S. <laughs> is doing a lot better than someone who's poor in uh, a third world country somewhere. Like It's not even close. Like no one can sit there and argue that uh, someone that's living below the poverty line uh, in New York City or something is on the same uh, standing as someone who's living below the poverty line in Ethiopia. Like, there's literally no one that starves to death in the United States unless someone unless there's is, mental like, issues or, or is, like, murdering someone. Kidnapping, yeah. Yeah, and murdering them through starvation, which I don't really ever hear those stories. I'm sure they exist, but... Um, that's not because people in the U.S. are just like nicer people than someone in another country and in a poor country. Uh, it's because that private property rights have been more historically respected here. And so people are able to accumulate wealth and, uh, serve the people in their community by providing them with goods and services that the people, other people want. Um, so by kind of unleashing people to be able to make more money, it provides benefits to everybody else. Cause that's what, that's what an entrepreneur does. Uh, they transfer value from either geographically or, or in, into the future. And those that do a good job of transferring value get economically rewarded. And the more they get economically rewarded, the more that they're, the more money and, and, and value they're able to do uh, because they're accumulating wealth. And so the next time that they're going out and, and selling something, they got more. Well, the other thing it does too, like say you came up with an idea and you were making money. Uh, other people see that and they say, I want to do that too. And then you bring more of that into the market. Right. It sends yeah. signals. Yeah. And so it, it brings other people and yeah, you're right. It brings other people, it brings supply up, it makes it makes access better. But still Which, the better entrepreneurs are able to still 
yeah, continue to go to right. continue to be more productive, find innovative ways to produce more in less time so that they can charge less money to be more competitive. And so prices will go down in a free market um, like like we do see in uh, like LASIK surgeries and, and, mm -hmm. and plastic surgery. Price of that continues to go down every year in real terms, in nominal terms, even in a lot of cases, whereas the price of healthcare, which is, you know, a mess uh, when we talk about traditional healthcare goes up and it doesn't make sense in a free market that would be coming down. Right. Because people would be coming up with better ways, more efficient ways, more productive ways to serve you and keep that price down to be competitive and profitable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh I mean look at elect consumer electronics. Right. Uh a couple of years ago, not that long ago, uh, laptop computers were not really a thing or they were there, but they were clunky and big and expensive and and not very good. Now it's I mean it's insane. I have like literally two sitting in front of me. One's a one's a Chromebook that I use just for doing this podcast cuz it's I only wanted to do one thing. Uh but like it was cheap. It was cheap for me to go out and get it. Um, that was unfathomable a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, you can look at cell phone technology. Yeah. I, I don't know what the original iPhone cost back when it came out. I guess it was close to what this most recent iPhone cost um, when it came out. Yet right. you're getting a lot more in this latest version than you're getting in the original version. Oh, yeah. And that's the iPhone. I don't have an iPhone. I've got an, uh, an LG phone, and I think I spent like 150 bucks on it. Yeah. And it is like, it destroys the original iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these phones do. All so, of them do. I mean, yeah, and old enough to remember playing Snake on a Nokia. Yeah. So... Yeah, so to um, for the people that, and it's, it's ironic but not surprising, the people that want the government to provide all these these safety nets and help for the poor and you know take the place of charity or, or anything else, they're the ones that want to punish the entrepreneur for creating wealth, uh, just because they don't really understand what's going on. They don't understand the, the mechanics behind. Uh, what the entrepreneur is doing. So they see it as, I, I don't know. I, they see the, the, the poor distribution of wealth. And so they think that's bad. And so they want to punish the guy who's making a lot of money. But by doing that, by punishing the entrepreneur, or at least entrepreneurs that aren't using government services to, to be able to gain their competitive advantage, um, you're destroying wealth. You're, you're impoverishing everyone by doing that. So, like, don't do if if you want to help people uh, not be poor and and help everybody out. Like the entrepreneur should be literally the last person, right? That you They're should be targeting. Those should be the ones that you say let them run free and and do whatever they got to do as long as they're not you know infringing on anybody else's rights while they're doing it. And and in order to have that view, you actually have to understand what rights are. Yeah. Which is which is one of the problems, and and it and this is why it goes to show that a lot of these people that uh, the people that these statists these normies that we're arguing against, they're not 
most of them aren't evil. If they understood what rights were, they understood, uh, you know, property and property rights, they understood how entrepreneurship worked, they would not be arguing for the state to be doing all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, they want a wealthier society too. Um, they just are wrong <laughs> about a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, they don't know. So that's why I know it's frustrating, but it's 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 good to have. Uh, it's it's good to be able to point to like concrete examples, and and that's what right. I like about the cell phone example is pretty much. I mean, I guess you're having some people who have had cell phones their whole lives now. Um, you know, if you're 18, you were born in the year 2000. <laughs> so by when you turned 10, it was already 2010. I mean, it's they don't, I don't know that an 18-year-old remembers a time before cell phones. But most people uh, do. And even things like your TV. I remember when the flat screens started coming out, they were bulky and heavy and like 2000 bucks. Yep. And now you go buy one for $500, it's way better than that was. So it's like, just give it five, 10 years and you'll have what the rich people have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you see that so many times with so many examples. Um, and I wish we could do that with healthcare too. If they would just get out of the way, there would be so many creative ways. Because if there is a huge need for people to have healthcare, someone will find a way to do it profitably. Oh, yeah. And, and it goes, the more we innovate and the better technology we have, the better tools we have of doing this. So the yeah. internet, the internet, uh, has, has, uh, been like a huge, uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a, a, a like a kick, a, a, man, man, I'm blanking and Grum's not even here to uh, see, but we, they don't know that. So you could always use that. Oh yeah. Grum's here chewing wires and making me not yeah. think of the, the word, but, but it gives it a big boost. The internet gives it a huge boost. It's just like, uh, in previous kind of revolutions, it was, uh, uh, energy, uh, reliable forms of energy was, uh, was a huge tool to be able yeah. to, to the help. Printing press. Like, yeah. You know, that's able to, I mean, yeah, well, the printing press is a great example because it's able to transmit ideas very quickly yes and uh securely and without it uh deteriorating uh, and as quickly. that got better you know more people could make copies could print something and more ideas could get out and yeah some of them are probably pretty bad yeah but like you've got a, a book that explains math or science or something or how to do something you can you can write it down and then print some copies of it and distribute it and someone can, you know, have now has like a reference manual on how to do something. Now they don't need to hire uh, the artisan or the expert that just knows this one task that anybody can do. But it's just the the steps might not be easy for most people to just memorize. But if you're able to to you know write a recipe, which is what a lot of this stuff is, then then you can put it out there and, and people can take it and do what they want with it. Uh, it saves a lot of resources so they can, people can focus on doing other things. And that's what energy then did when you, mm -hmm. you know, the steam engine, it was able to reliable uh, ways to transport stuff, whether by rail or by, by boat. Uh, and then once oil came, came out, it's, you're able to store that energy very well. Um, you know, you're able to, 
you just keep dividing labor you're able to specialize better right and so it just As machines do things that humans used to do right and frees up humans to do other things yep and information and resources and everything else are getting so much easier to uh to to transport everywhere and get it out so yeah people are able to to spend their time doing doing more useful things mm -hmm. um I mean, imagine that, you know, look at, look at these, uh, like a hurricane or something and people go out and bring supplies down there. Uh, they might drive 500 miles. If they didn't have a truck or something, they could just load up and know without a doubt that it's just going to work. I mean, that's a lot of planning that you'd have to do to figure out and a lot of resources that you'd say, like, all right, I got this, uh, this pallet of. I don't know, lumber for building. And uh, I want to get it down there because it's really valuable, but it's going to cost me a ton to try to logistically get it there. Um, it, it brings the incentive down to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just imagine imagine if uh, teletransportation were, were a thing. Um, how much wealthier that would make us. Because now wherever anything was needed somewhere, it's just, almost instantly there um like just imagine what that would do to the the quality of life for everyone um so it wasn't quite that dramatic in the past with things like the printing press or or fuel or the internet but it had that effect so it's it's very 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 helpful and useful um so yeah yeah. No, one thing we were told, I mean, you know, the point of this episode was going to be about charity and it is, um, but we were talking before we went on and, uh, you saw a documentary. I saw it as well called poverty Inc. Yep. Yeah. We'll link to um, it in the show notes. Yeah. You want to mention that? Yeah. It was a documentary about, um, I think Haiti was one of the, the major Haiti was in there. Yeah. Yeah. And sub-Saharan Africa a little mm -hmm. bit. How that there's this the idea of what these people need, these poor people in impoverished countries, what they need. People think that they, uh, what they need to do is go down there and give them stuff. Right, and and that and people do it from the goodness of their heart. Right, that's that's the real shame of it because when you say people like don't do this, don't do what you're trying to do, they legitimately are trying to help and have the right. best of intentions. So it's like you're, it. it I don't necessarily blame people for maybe not uh, taking that advice because they're they're like, but yeah, but I'm trying, I'm helping, I'm giving people stuff, I'm donating something. Uh, but it, but like we always say, intentions don't uh, don't guarantee results. Uh, so yeah, one of the things I remember was uh, one of the stories they tell is with the Tom's shoes. Yep, and they give. I guess they donate a pair. If you buy a pair of Tom's shoes, they donate a pair to a third world country. And what happened was they were getting so many shoes that the cobbler went out of business. Yep. And, and then, yeah. And once, once they, uh, once these shoes, these free shoes, they got wore wore out and these people needed more shoes. There's no cobbler anymore. They're, be they're begging, literally begging for more shoes. They're asking for more shoes to come in. Right. Uh, same with the food, with the rice and the, yeah, United States was giving a lot of rice around the world and foreign aid. 
Yep. Yeah, I think it was Haiti was that was the major that may problem. Have been. Yeah, that they were they were giving all this rice down there and people were eating it, but the farmers was, couldn't make money, couldn't sell it. Right. Couldn't which just delays it keeps the third world in the third world. And I thought one quote was really good. It was one of the people receiving the aid. He said, um, he doesn't know of a single country that went from a third world to first world because they got so much aid. Yeah. But there's several examples of countries who have by building factories and getting jobs. Yep. Um, you know, and if you think about how a country goes from nothing to something, like you can look at Hong Kong, or you look at the United States, um, the United States didn't grow because Europe was flooding it with goods for free, charitable, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's not how an economy grows. And it's nice in an emergency when a hurricane hits or an earthquake and people are desperate and they need something now. Yeah, that's a great way to do charity. But not if you're trying to build up a country and build up a people so that they can be self-reliable. Yeah, and once the emergency is over, that aid, that charity should stop should stop and they should build and you hey if you if you're a business owner and you want to set up a factory there and create jobs i think that's probably pretty good yeah um, I, that's a way to get the economy moving and get them being creative yeah one of the other points that got brought up in poverty inc was that these uh like these consultants for that are out there i, I don't know like consultant for lack of a better term but they they help people try to people who want to help these countries they help uh, help them with how to direct the resources. So they're like experts in, in mm -hmm. and they would say that they'd meet with these wealthy people that they say, hey, I spent all of my life, you know, accumulating all this wealth. And now, you know, I kind of want to retire. Now I want to start doing some philanthropy. Uh, you know, let's let's find something. And these people said, okay, let's, and, they, and they give them this. Oh, here's a here's an opportunity for you to uh, invest in this business. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not trying to invest my money. I'm, I'm trying to uh, help people. I want to get, yeah, I want to help people. I don't want to invest. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but the best thing you can do is buy invest. It, and, yes, and invest in our country, in our infrastructure. And right. And, and some of these people would get a little bit upset, apparently. Um, yeah. Because they just want to give, but that's. It's it it's like you said with the with the the shoe example. It's not how economies grow. You just create this bad incentive structure. Yeah. yeah, and and it just yeah exactly. There's no other word for it but dependency. On That's this what stuff. it is. They're waiting right. for that. You know, the, the people hate these words, but they're waiting for the aid to come in. They're waiting for the handout. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. It's people responding to incentives. Right. It's because you destroyed their infrastructure to get it yeah. any any other way. Right. Where if they could create it themselves and sustain it themselves, they would then be able to grow and compete in the world. That was another quote um, one of the guys had. He, he was kind of doing a play on the give a man to fish versus teach him to fish. And he, he said something. I, I forget the exact quote, but it was something like, we, we know how to fish. We, wanna, we want to fish, but we don't have access to the pond because all this aid is keeping us out of it. Right. Also, uh, a lot of times it's just bad governments or right keeping uh people right. private property rights are huge man right. you got to be able to respect private property yep um so so yeah anyway. i mean and any anything that you that you can do and i know this this is not exactly an easy thing for for the average person to do but you want those people to be able to secure their property rights better yes and the more they can do that the better shot they have 
of uh, you know, of being, pulling, pulling themselves out of poverty. Yeah. Participating in the world market and creating things and uh, having things to sell to us. Right. Uh, and to the, to each other and to be self-sustainable. So tariffs don't do that. Tariffs no. do the opposite. Tariffs do the opposite. So, yeah. Um, maybe, uh, uh, unless you had something more to say about that, I had another kind of... Yeah, go ahead. Go, go do it. Go do your thing. Kind of uh, similar, but it's um, more directed towards domestic stuff. But the bad incentives that are created by these social safety nets... Uh, as you said, examples are good instead of trying to go through the theory because that's, that's kind of the point I wanted to make a little bit earlier when I was saying that people aren't evil with trying to uh, create these safety nets and everything. They, they think they're trying to help. Um, but since they don't understand a lot of these basic principles, it's you end up having having to go down into like the very basic kind of stuff and you're like all right well is taxation theft and they say no and then you know it so it becomes difficult and you get all down all these rabbit holes because inevitably they'll say well who's going to protect you what's going to happen well if you don't want taxes and how are you going to have police and you say well the market can do that too and then people lose their minds over that because it's a lot to it's a it's a lot so that's why um that's why i think examples are good uh, because it it might bypass that a little bit, or at least make people to think in the other kind of in a backwards direction to to deduce to get to that point. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, at work uh, at the refinery I'm at, um, the union does uh, gate collections sometimes. So when something happens uh, to someone, an unfortunate event. Uh, they'll they'll put people outside the gate so when you're driving in you can you can give money uh, to it to help them out and uh, a recent one was a guy got like pancreatic cancer like out of nowhere and he ended up dying not long after he got the diagnosis uh, so that's actually a, a a pretty good reason to have charity yeah, pretty sad yeah yeah I think they raised like fifteen thousand dollars in two days so it was it was very good um. A more recent one, though, I saw they're advertising it is someone's uh, short-term disability uh, has lapsed on him, so they're going to do a, a gate collection for that. And not not to be too technical, but you know I'm in the biz. Yeah. Uh, when a policy lapses, it's you, due to not paying premium. You're talking about the benefit oh, period yeah, running yeah, up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that correction. Yeah. Um. I'll give you another extra 10 minutes on the tractor this week. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, uh, so yeah, it, it ran, it, it ran out and, uh, they're collecting for him. And I'm torn on this because one, or the first, first thing is that he could have bought his own disability insurance. Um, it exists, as Slappy knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have prepared for it. He didn't. Um, so one of the things is like you're gonna it, it, when something bad happens to someone, even though they it was their bad planning and their undoing, yeah, right. And this is kind of more drastic as opposed to something like, oh, I don't, you know, get something stupid. You know, I don't know. Uh, I I can't think of a, a, a an example. I don't know. I mean, like you know, there could be a lot of examples. You have a family member who gets into drugs and they need help. 
Right. Um, well, I'm thinking of something where it's like, oh, you did this yourself and I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Well, because it's something small. Well, I'm saying because it's something like small and insignificant. This guy, like his livelihood's at stake. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's, I don't think it's, <laughs> this would be a great time to be like, well, you know, disability <laughs> insurance exists. So maybe you should have purchased that. Yeah, right. But the problem is, is you got to take a step before that and think about, well, why didn't he buy? Yeah, why wasn't that on the radar? Right. And I don't know exactly what, what his case him. was. Yeah, uh, but but we can assume, we can we can say that this is a, a reasonable position to take. Uh, what we're about to say is that the government, it, it creates this environment where it leads people to believe that they're going to be taken care of. That this, uh, you know, these disability uh, safety nets exist and stuff, that social security exists, that uh, disability exists, what they, what they call disability. Well, social exists. security DI, it's part of social security right. and it's very hard to qualify for and people mm -hmm. don't realize that. And it also doesn't pay you very much. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Or that unemployment exists and that's going to, you know. Right. That'll, that'll keep them going. Um, yeah, continue on your example. Yeah, so it just uh, it, it 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 creates these bad incentive structures for people that they're not looking the the, uh, the incentive to go out and search these policies, these insurance policies out, or other whatever other steps you got to take. Uh, maybe just personal savings um, that are out there. Uh, there's the incentive doesn't exist as much because you, it's getting drilled in your head that you you don't need it. Yeah, and and this is another one. I mean, where we actually kind of have the concrete example on this one too. Uh, there's a book I read years ago. It was called "The End Is Near" and it's going to be great. And I can't remember who the author is. Um, but he brought he had some of the statistics in there and talked about uh, before the New Deal. Uh, I I. I might have the number off slightly, but it was like 97% of African-Americans had health insurance. Um, and that's before the new deal. And today or today in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of debate. Well, how X number of people don't have it. And why is it this high? And why does it cost this much? And um, yeah, the reason is they used to get it through their fraternal organizations, which still exists today, but to a much lesser degree and certainly a much lesser influence in society than they did back then. But that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier is that we would have a much tighter community without having these government safety nets. And we'd be looking out for each other and taking care of each other because you don't have this pretend safety net behind you. And that's what the fraternals did. That's like your Knights of Columbus or your Freemasons or, um, you know, Foresters or uh, Lutheran Brotherhood, or some of that coming to mind uh, where these guys would, you know, meet once a month or whatever and, and, and help people in the community and help people who are members and they would pay money uh, to their fraternal. And when something happened, the fraternal would help pay for it. So I think you, you would see them rise again because people do want in quotes, a safety net. Right. And it would happen through these voluntary fraternal organizations that people used to be heavily involved with and uh, aren't so much anymore. Yeah, and and also those organizations provide incentives for people to be better people, and not cheat because 
if you're taking advantage, you're taking advantage of your buddies, right. your friends, of the guys who have the same interests as you, who meet and have the same values and ideals. But even more so than that, just not to be a jerk because people are people and it's a lot easier to take some money out of that pot to give to, you know, uh, Billy Bob down the street if he's a nice guy versus if he's a jerk. Yeah. And if you're thinking, great, so we have $100 in the pot every month, like not really. I mean, these are real. Knights of Columbus is an insurance company. So is the uh, Lutheran Brotherhood. I think they're, they're called Thrivent now. Uh, these are real companies. They're Fortune 500 companies that were frater- that are fraternal organizations. Um, they have a big enough membership to where they're actual real insurance companies. It's not like we're just taking a weekly collection of five bucks and we'll give someone $50 when they get sick. I mean, these were real, real things, real policies, real contracts. Um, and certainly smaller ones. I was part of a, a fraternal for a while and I, I haven't. I, I left it, but the fraternal, um, one of the, order, that, the fraternal order of police. No, not that one. No. Uh, but that is another fraternal that the police, you know, got together and they said, Hey, we're all police officers. We create our fraternal organization and have benefits and all that stuff. But um, <clears throat> this fraternal I was a part of when someone got sick, when someone had to have a funeral, we would do a raffle, a 50 50 type thing. Um, do all kinds of things to, to raise money, sell tickets to things, whatever. And uh, someone from the organization would go to the person in need and, and give them a check for a couple thousand dollars that we, we were able to raise. So um, those things do still exist today, and they would be much bigger in a free society, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's why it's so powerful to bring these examples up, because it's not like that we have to create this entire new infrastructure or new markets or industries to be able to take care of this. It's just the ones that exist already will just be used more and there'll be more resources directed to it. And as a result, they'll yeah. more wealth will be generated and, and everyone will be better off. Yeah. So, I mean, government crowds out charity, right? Yep. I mean, we know that. Or it just crowds out businesses that, that, um, Anything, wouldn't be cha- well, yeah, it wouldn't right, be charity, right. but it would be whatever, would, whatever benefits right. that would be voluntarily provided. Yeah. So it's not a case that we'd have to just, well, there's no way to do it. Uh, we'll just have to rely on people to give money out of the goodness of their own hearts to, to people. It's no, it's just that these things exist. Insurance exists. Fraternal organizations exist. Just regular markets and industries exist. Um, the need to get your hair cut exists. Um, the need to have your lawn mode exists. If you just free this stuff up, like you said, remove these ridiculous zoning laws and, and licensing stuff. Um, and people will be freed up to create more wealth by serving the needs of their neighbors better. Uh, another great um, thing is uh, a war against, or no, what is it called? Is it war against? Uh, war on. The State Against Blacks. Okay. Uh, by Walter Williams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think yeah. it was an essay, but they, I think PBS made it into a special in like the yeah. '80s or something. But uh, that's excellent, and that shows uh, Walter Williams uh, goes into the black community and kind of shows all these examples of how licensing and other rules and regulations that are there by fiat by the state is just messing it up um, for the black communities and kind of keeping them. Uh, buried in poverty whereas if these uh 
you know, quote unquote, well-intentioned policies didn't exist, they'd be so much better off. Uh, so it's a real shame. I mean, this is this is why it's tough because most, like I, I, I keep saying it, these people that advocate for these government policies, uh, maybe not the the government, the bureaucrats that are high up and some of these government officials that who knows what their incentives are, but the everyday person, the people who uh, represent the consent of the governed, these people that are advocating for these policies, they do so because they truly believe that they're helping people. Mm-hmm. So when you say you want to take that away, like you're taking you're a couple, yeah, you're hurting yeah. people. So, um, I don't think you're going to be able to get them to read human action or man economy and state. So, uh, it's good yeah, to having a couple examples in your head yeah. that can be used that can pretty clearly point to the market working. Yeah. Instead of just kind of saying, well, charity will, will do that because we'll the have more money. The market will solve it. Everyone yeah. hates that answer. Yeah. Or just say, oh, charity will take care of it because we'll have more money because we won't be taxed. Because right, they'll be, right, right. They should be smart enough to say, well, if government, if we're eliminating the government providing these services through taxation, then. Who will build the roads? Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay for it. So. Right. Someone's going to pay for it. It'll just be more efficient and better right. run. Right. So, yeah, yeah. That, that it, you will get more money as a result if the market's doing it. Because uh, all those uh, goods and services that, that so the, yeah, the government destroys wealth. So yep. all of the stuff that the government does is just eliminating wealth from society because a private actor could do it for a profit if it's worth doing. And if it's yep. not worth doing, then it's just a negative that shouldn't be done. Um, but anyone who's creating a profit, like we said, we talked about the entrepreneur, they're, they're bringing value to people. Um, so... It's a net benefit overall for everyone. So there's a, yeah, that's, that's a, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Everything the government does impoverishes people. Uh, things that restricts your freedoms, restricts your liberty and destroys wealth. Yeah. The, uh, the, the overall output of the, of the market is the opposite of that. It creates wealth, uh, brings more people out of poverty. So, Right. I think that about covers it. Was there anything? No, I think that's good. All right. Uh, you said you had a free market success story. You want to go over? Um, yes, I did. Uh, my free market success story. Remind me what I said. Uh, was it about? Because we were talking about this before. The gospel. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Right, right, right. From Sunday's gospel. Yeah, so all you Catholics out there know what we're talking about it was what's the title of the gospel do you know i mean it's it's the the rich person going through the uh, um getting to heaven is like a camel going through the eye of a needle yeah i don't know what that what that would i don't know what the title like what the name of it is but it's yeah the rich guy goes up but it's a famous one basically it's hard for a rich person to get to heaven yeah and so yeah my mom was talking to me about that and i said well what's really interesting about this and here's why it becomes the free market success story is they were talking, you know, Jesus is in in the first century talking about wealthy people versus poor people and saying wealthy people um, have a really hard time getting to heaven, right? Um, we're not going to go break down the gospel uh, and, and give our thoughts on it. But today, just about anyone living, I mean, especially in the United States, definitely in the United States, is way wealthier than anyone alive at that time 
um, you know, at that time they didn't have air conditioning, cars, refrigeration, tractors, um, tractors, literally they were plowing fields by hand or with a horse or something, I guess. I don't know. Um, now we have tractors to do that. Uh, the wealth, we are so far and away wealthier than the richest people back then. It's not even close. So, you know, think about that if you're a Christian, um, how wealthy we are today and what does it mean? Well, wealthy people, you know, cause wealth is relative, um, poor people 50 years ago are, 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 were much poorer than poor people today. And wealthy people, people 50 years ago are poorer than the middle classes today. No one had a cell phone 50 years ago. You know, the entire internet, any book you can want is in your hand at any time. This has never happened in the history of the world. We're far and away wealthier uh, today than at any time um, in history. And uh, so what does that mean about the wealthy people? We don't have to get into a theological discussion. Yeah. But uh, just just thinking of how that the miracle of the market and how wealthy literally everybody is today compared to back then. Yeah, I always chuckled whenever I heard that gospel um, because the line was when, when Jesus said, well, give away all your possessions and come follow me. And then the line was, he had many possessions. <laughs> and I always would be like, "What? it's 2,000 years ago. Like, what, what, did, did, he what did he have? <laughs> yeah, a sack of grain. <laughs> yeah, he had many sacks of grain. He had, he had some uh, fine loincloths. Uh, yeah, it hasn't some, been some, washed in six months. Yeah, some a couple alabaster jugs. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny with dirty water in it. Like, yeah, what you know, what what possession, many possessions could you have possibly had back then? Uh, so that's your free market success. Yes. Uh, so wrap up again. Show notes page mcflugel.com slash one fourteen. You'll be able to find. We'll link to uh, Poverty Inc. And uh, I think uh, I'll link to the Tom Woods episode where they talked about uh, they had the uh, okay, the producer, the director, producer, whoever director whoever was responsible for that film. That's where I heard of it. Yeah, that's a, that, it was a very good episode. Um, yeah. And that's what I listened to that, talked to Slappy about it a little bit, and then immediately uh, bought the bought the movie and watched yeah. it and have been recommending it to, to a lot of people. I haven't heard a bad review yet, and it's across the board. It's, uh, I think, like even Michael Moore watched it and was like, "Ah, oh, that's that was really good." Yeah, just go check out the trailer. The trailer yeah. is like two minutes long, and it's really good. Yeah, you can show it to anyone. It's not like a libertarian libertarian documentary. It's just right. they just they they present it. It's it's extremely well done. It's very well done. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else? Uh, yeah. So uh, you could go. So mcflugel.com slash 114. Find ways to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, Podbean, and all that good stuff. And also YouTube. Uh, do us a favor and leave us a leave us a review and a comment. That helps us uh, helps us get with the podcast reach. Uh, also subscribe to mcflugel.com for the email list. You'll get a discount uh, to go shopping at libertymugs.com. And you should also go to libertymugs.com and... Uh, Buy some mugs there. Also, uh, I was just on uh, uh, J.W. Weatherman's uh, podcast uh, last week talking about free will. And then we talked a little bit about um, uh, some of the – how much of a 
presence that the lefty social justice warriors actually have in, in kind of corporate America. I brought a little bit of a different perspective than, than what you might hear. Uh, but yeah, the, the main topic was free will uh, and kind of getting into the nitty gritty into it. Uh, when did free willy come out? <laughs> Probably like 93 or something. Why were you reviewing something. that? Yeah. Yeah. Should I? I, I mean, I hold that the, the uh, an orca could not make that jump. JW oh, yeah. <laughs> completely disagrees with and me. Said the and orca says, did make the jump. Yes. So, uh, but no, it's uh, it kind of takes some religious. Uh, it, it takes a very religious context, but um, I don't think you have to. Oh, be re- yeah, you don't have to be religious to to get something out of it because it's an idea. I mean, we. I think most people have some sort of an understanding of a concept of free will. And uh, there's a couple definitions of it, and we kind of discuss the two and, and get into it. So it's, I, I, had a, I had a ton of fun doing it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts, you go check out uh, Friends Against Government with uh, Car Campit and Bird Archist. Also, Mance Raider, Free Man Beyond the Wall, Dino Files, and the Peaceful Treason Podcast, which we we started. We st- we're talking to them again, and then we're we ended talking terms. Yeah, and we just, <laughs> but we ended just like goofing off and not actually, uh, not putting it down. Um, yeah, yeah I'm be traveling a little bit for work next week, um, so <sighs> wow. Maybe if we can get something this week, you got to prioritize the following. I don't know. Well. All right. So that's actually if Will or Jared, if you're listening, Holla. let's actually set this up. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.